You're listening to Welcome to Eloma, a podcast for highly ambitious dreamers who get shit done. I'm your host, Kylie Peters. This is a space where we talk about control and self-discipline. So as all of us entrepreneurs know, nothing just like happens, right? I mean, wouldn't that be nice? But that's not realistic and that just doesn't happen. But what does happen is we all bust our ass and we work really, really hard and sometimes work 14 to 16 hour days nonstop to make shit happen. Also, let me just put a disclaimer out there that I don't recommend that as we also then hit a wall and then hit burnout and that's a whole perpetual cycle. But I think the the big thing here is we all need to be better at practicing self-discipline in different ways as so many of us entrepreneurs are type A control freaks. Um, And I learned this lesson the hard way in 2021. So 2021 was like probably the toughest year I've had in a really long time. Um, And I think a lot of it was I very much so felt out of control um, and in ways that I didn't realize that I felt out of control or that I had previously felt in control. And so it was a really big struggle. But the one of the reasons I'm bringing it up is because my body was part of that. So I've always been like a naturally thin person. Please don't hate me. That's just how my body's been until I turned 30. And then I started Brainchild Studios and I was like, oh, this is just what happens. This is just what happens. You turn 30 and then your body just gives up on you and your metabolism goes to shit. And that's just what it is. Turns out that's not what it was. <laughs> it was like insane amounts of stress. But in October of last year of 2021, I decided to do something about it. And through a friend, I found Stasia Patwell, today's guest, and her eight-week school of thought program. And while this is not intended to be like a huge promo for her program, it still is because the program's incredible and it changed my life. I lost 10 pounds and 4% body fat and four inches from my waist. But not only did I lose those things, I regained control of my life in a way that I didn't realize I had completely lost control. So enough about me and control. Let's get into this with Stasia. I'm so thrilled to chat with Stasia Patwell today. She's a trainer, a comedian. She's the founder of School of Thought. She has an incredible story. She's freaking hilarious. I can't tell you how many times I laughed out loud doing workouts with with her program. And I said it before, and I've heard it said countless times again, this lady is like straight up changing people's lives. So let's get into it. Welcome, Stasia. Thank you, Kylie. Thank you for saying all that. First of all, I'm amazed that 4% body fat in four inches in eight weeks is really Amazing. Amazing. But you showed up and you did it, you know, and I thank you for the compliments. And it's really makes me teary to hear that your program changed my life. Um, (laughs) It changed your life. But also, I want you to recognize that, you know, you're the one who did it. You know, like, I just screamed at you along the way, for sure. (laughs) You know, a lot of people will say, oh, the program, the program. I'm like, yes, yes, the program is great. Thank you. But really, it's you you did work, you know? So yeah, I mean, you deserve the credit because I, I wasn't, you know, giving you food or moving your body. Like you had to do it. So, but I'm glad that you connected to the program is awesome. Yeah. 
I have to confess, Deja, before I actually joined the program, I was terrified. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so intense. She's going <laughs> to yell at me all of the time. I don't know if I can do this, <laughs> but yeah. I will say that then we got into it. And like some of your commentary, I was just like, oh, this is okay. And it's a lot of self-love and there's so many, yeah. like, but you just, I got to tell you that your statement of you don't have to like it. You just have to do it. I'm like, yes. Yup. Yeah. Yup. Yeah. It you is a lot of self-love. Up. Yeah. You do have to just show up. And I think um, I can get away with sprinkling in the self-love hippy dippy stuff because I'm from Boston and my dad's from New York. It's like, I have all the <laughs> East Coast asshole cities. And it's like, if I can get behind some of the hippy dippy self-love stuff, which truly did change my life, then, then anybody can really, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, because I am like, you know, at my core, just like a sort of like a rebel, like hater comedian, like, you know, I just want to talk shit all the time. But when I started like really focusing on changing my mindset and like, forcing myself to say nice things to myself. That's when I saw like a huge change in my body and a huge change in my life. Yeah. And so, you know, I think a lot of times we all know that we should be saying nice things to ourselves. And, but, you know, I think it's, I think it's powerful when it comes from somebody who <laughs> you don't think it, who I'm not like a saccharine, you know, like, yeah, like, yeah, it's more relatable, I think, or for my students, you know, I attract the people who need that. So no, yeah. it's, it is. And it's a, it's a good lesson in life. You know, it's just like, yeah, we can push ourselves really hard. You'll be surprised at what you can accomplish, but also like, don't forget to acknowledge that you accomplished that thing. So yeah. Deja, yeah. before we like dive all the way into all the things for the listeners out there who may not know your story, the way I know your story, <laughs> To whatever degree you like, tell us a bit of a bit of your background and how you came to launch School of Thought and your mission in in doing so. Cool. Yes, I'm from Boston, and I uh, was a stand up comedian for a long time. I'm I'm dipping my toe back in. I haven't been on stage for a while. Ooh, but, dipping. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey. And and I am a trainer, and I taught spinning for years, and. I got sober in 2011. Before that, I was the definition of a hot mess. Like I was just a full-on <laughs> alcoholic, you know, kind of like your cliche party girl, but it just kind of took it to the next level. Uh, but I had get, I grew up with in Boston with like very nerdy parents. Like my mom was an academic dean at a at a uh, girls' school, and my dad oh, writes wow. dictionaries. Like, yeah, they're Latin teachers. They write dictionaries. In, yeah, like they're wow. major nerds. Like major academic. <laughs> nerds. They sent me to the best girls' school in Boston, and you know we were like. They were poor teachers, but they sent me on scholarship to fancy girls' schools and I went to school with Kennedys and shit. Wow. Uh, and then I just turned into a kind of a mess alcoholic. <laughs> and so I was, I say that because I really was given like every opportunity. But instead, I really kind of went the opposite way. And I was an actor and I was just, I moved, I lived in Venice Beach and I just was sort of getting drunk all the time. And just, and my mom really didn't understand like what was happening because I, I hit it relatively well, but I was overweight. I was depressed. I was suicidal. I was a mess. And um, so I got sober in 2011 and which completely changed my, like every aspect of my life, like pretty drastically, pretty quickly. 
And I started teaching spinning and exercise was just like a way for me to get high as I'm a sober person because you're Mm -hmm. just relying on the endorphins when you have nothing else to, as a newly sober person, it's really like a rude awakening, you know? So spinning sort of kept me like, it kept me sober. And then I started doing stand up comedy and I, I really just sort of started to become like who I was meant to be, you know? Um, But I still was waiting tables. I waited tables for 21 years. And then I got my personal training license and I started personal training people during the day. I was doing stand up at night. Cut to the pandemic happens. And I was talking to some girlfriends of mine who are comedians from the comedy store. And a couple of people have been like, oh, you should teach like a, a Zoom fitness class. And I was like, oh, that is so lame. Like I will absolutely <laughs> that. Like that's not happening. I, that is the nerdiest thing I've ever, I will not do that. But this is when we thought the pandemic was going to be, you know. Two weeks. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's fine. We can all take a break from working out for two weeks. It's fine. Yeah. Right? And then uh, I was talking to two girlfriends and they were like, come on, like, just do like, lead us through some like squats or so. I was like, okay, I'll just do the three of us. It was me, Lara Bites and Nicole, Amy Scheiber, who are both comedians at the comedy store, who I knew from the comedy store because I ran a show there for a few years called Ride or Die. And I was like, all right, fine. It'll just be the three of us tomorrow on Zoom. We'll just do some lunges, whatever, whatever. And then I opened my mouth and I invited a few other (laughs) friends, you know, I was like, whatever, if I'm going to do it, I'll invite some other girls. And then the first class I had, it was like 25 people. And it was oh like, my all, gosh. It was like all comedian girls from the comedy store, mostly, or like the comedy world in LA. And it was so much fun. And it went really well. And I was like, oh, I'm, that was actually really like a good class. And then I was like, well, you know what? Fuck it. I should just do this every day for the next two weeks, however long this quarantine is going to last. Yeah. Um, really just, and and for me, you know, I really was like, well, I'll do it for me. So I don't like, you know, completely get out of shape or lose my shit in the next two weeks. So I really kind of started it to hold myself accountable because if you have to show up and teach, like, yep. you're, you, you got to show up. The most accountable you could be, you know? Yep. So I taught. Uh, for donation only, you know, I just had a Zoom class every day at 1130. And I was like, if you guys want to, you know, send me five bucks five for Venmo for a donation, great. Um, otherwise, it's a free class and just come and it just kind of like, it just blew up sort of out of nowhere. And, you know, I, I essentially taught for free for the first like year and a half, really. I mean, I just sort of always had the class. And you know, sometimes I'd make a few bucks, sometimes I wouldn't, but I was like, I just kept showing up because it was fun. We would, yeah, we would kind of like have a little coffee talk before and after. And, you know, this was at a time where we were like super locked down. So this was like really the only like interaction we were, any of us were having. Um, and I lived in a studio apartment and like, you could see my, like my entire apartment, you could see from like the zoom camera. I was like, this is, you know, and then I started taking some one-on-one clients because I saw that it was actually like doable. And then people started having like kind of crazy transformations. Lara Bites being the first one that was like really exceptional because until, well, it wasn't even called School of Thought yet. It was just like my quarantine booty class, you know, (laughs) he really had never worked out before because, you know, a lot of people 
just kind of assume, well, I don't like working out. So I'm not going to do it because I don't like it. Yeah. And so she had never really worked out before, enjoyed it. And she was coming every day because it was fun. Fun. (laughs) It is fun, though. That's the thing. Like you play this awesome, grungy hip hop music (laughs) and then you're dancing and then you're telling all these like fun stories and personal tidbits and you forget that you're yeah, that is on fire because you're yeah. doing 12,000 lunges. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's not 12,000, but, <laughs> but about, yeah. I mean, I think it became for me too, because I couldn't get on stage. It sort of became just like an outlet for me to talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my favorite parts, by the way, like, yeah. like the times where you're just like dropping, like my fiance did a, did one of your workouts with me <laughs> yeah. and he looks at me, he's like, what is she talking about? And I was like, isn't it the best? <laughs> no, I really go off the rails sometimes, you know? Um, yeah. And I think really what happened is before quarantine, I didn't want people who knew me from comedy to know about fitness. And I didn't want people to knew me who knew me from fitness to know about comedy. Like I felt like I really had to keep those two parts of me separate because I wanted to, people to think of me as a comedian, not as a trainer, you know, And what I realized from, from school of thought growing is that once I like integrated every part of who I was and wasn't trying to keep it all separate, like, oh, this means I'm not a real comedian or, oh, this means I'm not a real trainer. Once I was just like, no, this is just like who I am all in one. That's when I really started to like get traction. That's the magic sauce. Yeah. And it really kind of proved to me like, well, who gives a shit if people think that means I'm not really a comedian or people think that I'm not really a trainer who really gives a shit. Cause at the end of the day, the results speak for themselves, you know? Yeah. So I don't really have, but it's also for me, it was like, a, I've always suffered from imposter syndrome. I mean, like my whole life, I've, I've always been like, Oh God, well, they're going to know that I'm really yeah. stuck at everything, you know? And so that's sort of like a constant thing that I still deal with all the time. You know, and I I think that's normal. I hope it I is. Think normal. I have but. not met one entrepreneur who is like, oh yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing. I have yeah. no questions. Yeah. No self doubt. Yeah, <laughs> not so one. I, exactly. But I feel like you know, once I sort of let myself just be fully who I am, that's when I started to find some success. And before I had just tried so hard to compartmentalize everything. And that's yeah. what like I've, I've told, tried to tell some of my friends who I can see are struggling with like wanting yeah. to do stand up and like make money and they have this other side hustle, but they don't want people to know. And I'm like, dude, I mean, maybe the thing is you're the funny person who does that. Oh, a hundred percent. That's how you make the money because- yeah. You know, I think the reason my class has been successful is because I'm not saccharine, because I'm not. You are just, cool, you know, you're a breath of fresh air, honestly. <laughs> and you. I'm so glad that you're saying that because I think so many people, like we're multi-layered humans, right? There, we all have so many sides to us. And I have gone through the same thing. This last year has been, I've been in the same boat as you is like, yeah. I feel like I have all these different. I'm these different versions of myself. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, what am why? Also, that's yeah. so much work to maintain yeah. all of it. But when we all like when you join forces with yourself, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, holy shit, what was and and I think yeah. that's the magic in terms of like 
you can really like no one is this is here's here's like your self-love whoop-de-doo stuff. Yeah. You are uniquely you. There's mm-hmm. literally no one else in mm-hmm. the world that has ever been or will ever be right. you and can bring everything you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that you've owned these two spaces and made them uniquely yours because you're right. That's why it's successful. Mm-hmm. That's why it's working because people are like, I hate working out, but she's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And this will be great. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like any food and fitness program is going to work if you do it, <laughs> you know, like it's not, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. Like at the end of the day, we're human beings and humans need to do certain things in order to get their bodies in shape. And it's like, no matter how much people want to repackage it as some like new crazy thing, it really isn't. We all know what it is. It's working out and eating right. It's like really not. But I think that having a more realistic attitude about like, cause I am, I do like my default is like, I'm a hater. Like I'm a, <laughs> I do, I'm a, from Boston. I'm just a shit talker. Like I wake up in the morning. I'm just like, fuck, fuck. This. Like I'm just, that's just the way I am. and I have to do a lot of work every day so that I can really believe all these positive things. Like I really work on being a positive person and I really brainwash myself and I've done it pretty good job. Good of job. It, but But I think that is why I am, why a lot of, especially comedians or artists or can relate to me because it's not like I wake up every morning and I'm like, oh my God, I love working out. I can't wait to work out and share this with you guys. It's like, it's not my, so most people don't feel like that. No, no. You know, and I think a lot of people feel like, well, I can't really ever get the body I want because I don't wake up every morning excited to work out. And it's like, well, yeah, you don't have to trust me. (laughs) But I'll also say too, that I think a lot of it is people don't know what they don't know. Like I will say by no means do I consider myself like a fitness expert or like, no, not none of those things, but I've read about it for years and I've read all kinds of things. And I think (laughs) the thing that I really appreciated about your program was that the advice you had and like the steps to take what I needed to focus on because there's so much out there that people who don't, I mean, you could say the same thing for any industry, like in digital marketing, people could read Mm -hmm. 1200 blog posts about how you optimize a blog post, but it's like, which one is right? Right. And so same thing, like, I didn't know I needed to focus on macros. I thought it was calories, but that's not the, you know, Yeah. so I think don't count yourself, don't cut yourself short because I think a lot of it is, you know, you work primarily with women. You've gotten really good at understanding exactly what they need to do. And you just give that to them in the way that they need it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is solving a problem for your target audience. Like, yeah. yeah. And there you go. really at the end of the day, it's like, you know, it's just who it works if you keep coming back to it. So whatever makes you come back to it, then go to that, you know? So like if my shit talking gets you through the class and that keeps you coming back for more then then it's going to work, you mm-hmm. know? So it really is just like, I'm not for everybody. And I know, <laughs> I know that. And that's been, that's been. That's okay though. That's, that's like that's one of the best branding things you could know about yourself. You don't want to be for everybody. Yeah. And you know, sometimes I, even though I come off as like, I am sensitive. And sometimes, you know, when I get feedback like that, it does like, Oh gosh, why did I lose that person? Or, you know, but then it's like, yeah, but you know what? That's, 
you're never going to, you're never going to get everybody to like you. In fact, no. if everybody likes you, then you're probably you're doing something wrong. Yeah. You're doing something wrong. So, yeah. or, you know, so yeah. Thank you. I don't know <laughs> what the question was. <laughs> I don't even remember what the question yeah, was. Yeah. Um, but okay. Let's bring it back. You know, we're, we're talking about like control and self-discipline. And I mm-hmm. think as we talk about exercise and fitness and all these things, but also running a business, yeah, I'm sure you've seen control and sort of self-control and self-discipline show up quite a lot for your clients. Yeah. We'd love to hear a bit about like how, how you see that show up for them and then how you kind of like, maybe, I don't know, brainwash yourself into like yeah. making it happen for your business as well. Yeah. Control. Yeah. Jocko, I don't know if you've ever heard of Jocko Wilnick. I think that's how you say his last name, Jocko. Um, He's like this amazing guy who is, I think, a SEAL or a Marine, and he's sort of a motivational speaker. He's just incredible. But he has a thing, he's always saying discipline is free. There's freedom in discipline. Discipline is freedom. Yeah. And I like that. And to me, that is sort of just like the the mantra of all mantras. Like I, I no, for me too, is I'm someone who I don't naturally like to give myself structure, but when I do have structure, that's really, it's like when you're training a dog or training a man, quite frankly, and it's like, <laughs> you have to like know the rules so you can break the rules. Like once you know what the boundaries are, you can actually be more free within those boundaries because you know, like you're not tiptoeing around. Yeah. So I think that really is like discipline and control and and showing up. I mean, really, it's it really is that saying when they're like it's eighty percent showing up. It really is eighty yeah. percent showing up because, quite frankly, like the hardest part of any workout is putting on your sneakers and leaving the house or opening the laptop and being like, "All right, here we go." You know, the hardest yeah. part is putting on the shoes. You know, and David Goggins, who's also a really like hardcore fitness, motivational guy, he talks about, and he's like really hard. Like you think I'm like hardcore. He's like (laughs) really hardcore. Like, and he says, he's, he said something like he, you know, he's not always motivated at all. Like he will look at those running shoes for half an hour and be like, put them on you little bitch, you know? And it's like, it is, it's like, just because you're showing up every day, doesn't mean you're motivated to show up. I mean, you're doing it. You don't have to be motivated to show up. Usually the motivation comes after the action, which is just really, quite frankly, annoying that that's just like, work. <laughs> but like, if I waited to be motivated to work out, I'd work out probably twice a month. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, you so I think we've all been kind of like told this lie that you have to like be motivated to do something and you don't have to be motivated to do something. You just you have, have to decide. <laughs> yeah, that was have- another thing you've said so many times is like, it's a choice. You make the choice. How are you going to show up? Yeah. And I think honestly, for me, getting sober and like being in AA for years was really, uh, really is uh, the crux of a lot of my stuff, too. It's because like, I didn't want to get sober. Like, I didn't want to go to AA meetings. Like, I didn't want to every day have to not drink. But I was willing to do it because I knew that my way was leading to really shitty results. So it's like, okay, well, I'm willing to make a change. The things that I have to do in order to change that, I definitely don't want to do. But like the pain of staying the way I am is outweighing the pain of changing. So I'm just going to fucking show up. And like the accountability too of like being in a room with other sober people. It's like, well, I can't drink tonight because if I show up to the meeting tomorrow, I have to show up because I'm making coffee for it. If I show up and I'm hungover, if I have to tell everybody that I drank, it's going to feel like shit. So 
it's really the same thing with fitness and sort of how my whole thought certification program is designed is all accountability. And sometimes it's not enough to do it for yourself. Like sometimes it's just not. Yeah. Sometimes you need a sprinkling of public shame and like, that's good, you know? And I think in, it's like a weird thing to say that now in this like woke culture, it's like everybody's so afraid <laughs> of having their fucking feelings hurt all the time. And it's like, sometimes it's good to have your feelings hurt a little bit. Because if it makes you make a positive change for yourself, yeah, then it's like their feelings have a purpose and it's to show mm-hmm. you when you're going in the right direction or the wrong direction. So if they can be con- motivating too. Yeah, if you're constantly protecting yourself from having bad emotions and someone hurt your feelings a little bit, it's like, okay, all you're doing is just castrating your ability to change for the better, yeah. you know, like, yeah, being called chubby or like a fucking hot mess or a disgusting alcoholic or all these things that I've been called before. Like, thank you. Thank you. Because I needed to get a little outside feedback that like, I was not presenting myself in the way that I knew I wanted to. So, you know, I think there's a lot of things about like what's going on now with social media and just people being so just tiptoeing around everything. And we have to be body positive about everything. We have to be positive about everything, you know, and it's like, it's doing a lot of people a disservice. And it is really like feeding that kind of victim mentality where like, I can't have anything happen. It's like, dude, you need to have your feelings hurt. You need to feel uncomfortable. Like that's part of the whole deal of being a human being. And if you prevent yourself from ever feeling those things, then all you're doing is going to, you're just going to stay exactly where you are and constantly call victim because you are are so afraid of changing. And to me, that is like, I can't imagine anything worse, you know? So like, thank you for calling me chubby. Thank you for calling me like a gross out, what all the things yep. are, you know, thank well, you and for I calling think, me nothing but trouble. Thank you. you know? <laughs> I think a lot of that, and I th- that's such a good point because I'm sure it's a fair to say like we've all faced some adversity in our lives and yeah. in our personal lives, in business, et cetera, whatever that looks like. And I think it's it's going back to it, it's a choice. Uh, your mentality and your perspective and the way that you take that feedback is a choice. You could yeah. choose to be a victim. You could choose to get down on yourself or you can choose to do something about it. You can choose gratitude. You can choose all these things. And I think that's something too that you've baked into the program that you have. And it also sounds like you've baked into your personal experience as well. And you're putting out into the world, like yeah. the power of mindset that again, yeah. it sounds so yeah. froofy, but like, oh, it's tr- but it's, it's true. so true. Yeah. Yeah. If something makes you uncomfortable, it's the thing that's making you uncomfortable is not the thing that needs to be changed. What needs to be changed? You need to go, hmm, why is that making me so uncomfortable? Yes. Why is that making me freak out? Because I am being shown, I'm something is being mirrored to me about like something that needs to be healed in me. So yes. if seeing a before after picture is triggering me so much and I need to report it and, and this is hate and all this, why is that triggering me so much? That somebody else feels healthy and happier and and excited to show their change. Why is that making me feel like I'm being attacked? Because the issue is not with that other person changing or that before Mm -hmm. after. The issue is with you. 
Yeah. So and obviously I'm talking about this because these are just things I've encountered. You know, there's a lot of, you know, I have a lot of before afters on my page and a lot of people are say that those those pictures are the things that have made them gravitate towards my program. And then yeah. there are those people who are like, you know, um, body positive who think that it's really um, like triggering and disgusting oh. to have those pictures. And it's like interesting. But, but whose problem is that? Yeah. You know, like the world is a hard place, <laughs> you know, it just, and if you are getting triggered and angry at somebody for getting healthier and more in their body, that's not their problem. That's your problem. And, and why, why is it, you yeah. know, why is that so triggering to you? And to, to just elaborate on that, I think you can uh, extend that to so many things like mm-hmm. people who get upset about other people's success. success There's yes. not a finite mm-hmm. amount of success in the Thank world. You. I've Why been talking you? about this all week long. Yeah. Like but, we can all be successful. Yeah. Why are you? Yep. Why, be- why can't we be happy for other people when I, they are doing good things? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I've, I've been thinking about that a lot this week because I've just heard some stories in the comedy world of some women slighting other women pretty clearly mm. in a way that is very That's um, not good. upsetting to me. Um, and, you know, I went to all girls school. I just have always kind of been, I don't know, I guess I've always considered myself sort of like a girl's girl. And I've always, I've just been ingrained because of girls school to like constantly like be working with women and lifting women. And, you know, I'm yeah. not. I'm not saying I'm perfect at that all the time, but for me, like it is so good to help another woman and to help her feel stronger and hotter and more successful. And it makes me so bummed that there are so many women still who feel like every other woman is competition or she, well, and I really have sort of made that like a, a big mission this week, just in hearing some stories, like to really encourage women to, to just like, there's no finite amount. Like if, if this woman's getting a Netflix special, great, great. That means there's there's more, there's more women getting, like all ships rise with the tide. Like I fully believe that if everyone around you is getting rich and successful, good. That means you're in the right circle. You know, it doesn't mean like, oh, what the fuck? I need to make sure like there there is no finite amount of anything. And it is that like scarcity mindset that, you know, and I think we're sort of in a way biologically like designed to be jealous and competitive for like sperm, (laughs) you know, but we're not living in a a world anymore where we have to be like that. And it means a lot to me. And, And that's one thing that's come from school of thought that honestly is the most meaningful and makes me the most fulfilled is like, is shouting out other women and building them up and making them feel like they're yes the body's looking different is is an amazing perk because it's like a tangible thing you can see yeah but the the thing i like the most about the before after pics which i actually don't post because it's in the face and i cover up the faces is the difference in the woman's smile after that eight weeks like she like usually the before pictures everyone's just like uh (laughs) i feel disgusting and then in the after pics, so often the pictures, the girl's like smiling and her shoulders are back and she her posture looks better. And then, you know, when people tell me that that their program has helped them in other areas of their life or with their confidence, that's what feels so good to me because it's yeah. like, 
the hot body is like just a side effect, just a perk, but being able to make another woman feel like more confident and like that is what feels good to me. And I think that what it is, is a lot of women just haven't experienced that, you know, and, yeah. and that's why there's still sort of that kind of like, oh, tear her down thing. And, and if we just like kind of practice building each other up in like small ways, you realize how fulfilling that really is. Cause here's the thing at the end of the day, men die first, you know, <laughs> we're all going to be stuck together when our men die, you know, when we're 80 years old, our husbands, our boyfriends are gone. Okay. All we're going to have are our other girlfriends, you know, yeah. like, the like the female relationships in my life are are by far the most important relationships and like those are the relationships that feed me and that make me feel more confident and that remind me how powerful i am when i'm down like we are all witches like we are so powerful <laughs> and magical you know and so yeah so so that is a really important thing to me that has just been like evolving more and more is like the mindset and the building other women up and just like practicing. And I think that's another reason why the accountability groups are so great is because you have like a group of women who are cheering you on and supporting you and you're leaning on them. And it's just like practice, you know, like cheering for other women. It is. It is cheering for other women. And you've done such a great job now building this this army of thotties, if you will. <laughs> and I know you've got multiple different uh, elements to your program, but you've built this community. You've built this community of women who all have a shared experience. Yeah. And I'd say for the most part are all supporting e each other. So, I mean, I, we were talking a little bit earlier, like, was that always part of the plan? Like what, what's, what, what do you want to happen here? What, what's the, what's the plan? What's the plan here? I, yeah, I don't, the second I started the class, I said women only. I said women are gay men only just because there's so much thrusting involved in the classes. I don't <laughs> want women to feel uncomfortable with like guys just like secretly jerking off with the camera. Oh my God. So that's why like I, I made it women only at first. And then it just kind of, and actually I do a lot. There's two male comedians who I do allow in there because they've been in there since the beginning and they're harmless. But besides them, I it's it's just sort of stayed like that. And I think... No, I don't think I, I, I never intended for it to turn into this like women empowerment. That wasn't, like I said before, I didn't really ever have a vision. It just sort of organically just happened. happened. But that means that you created something that needed to be created. Yeah. I mean, I do, I, I do feel like, especially in, and I, and I know it's not just comedians in my program, but especially in entertainment, like women, there really is like a, a, a lack of that female support. And like, yeah. it's interesting because, you know, they're, you know, they're so often like one female on a lineup for a show, you know, yep. so there, there yep. are not a lot of female comedians who are getting big spots. There are plenty, but there aren't a lot, not yep. nearly as, many as men. And yet there's still like this sort of weird feeling like, like I have to be the only female on the lineup. Like, I don't want there to be another woman on the lineup because I have to be the only one. It's like, well, the men don't think that. 
You Let's know what just I mean? Like get as many like, as we can. Yeah, there's like eight men on the lineup. They all have white skin and brown hair and brown eyes and all their comedy is similar. And none of them are like freaking out about yeah. each other. They're all bringing each other on the road. And there's so few females and, you know, and people are like, oh, but she has blonde hair too. Or, and it's like, yeah, but like you were saying before. But you're uniquely you. You are uniquely you. And like nothing that you say is going to come out the same way, even if it's the same joke, which it never would be. But even if it were, it's going to still come out through a different filter that is you. And I think, I don't know why it, I don't, I don't know what it is that makes women so scared of having competition. I I don't know what that is. I I think there's a lot of things that need to be healed internally in a lot of cases, not for everybody, but in a lot of cases. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you've done this great job of building this community and I know it sounds like it was by accident, a beautiful accident. Um, But if there were other people out there that were trying to build communities, what would you like, what advice might you give that you found to be successful? I think being truly yourself is cliche and like, what does that even mean? But I do feel like people are attracted to people who are comfortable in their own skin and who are being honest. So I think that that is number one, you know, to like not, again, that's so vague, how to build a community. Really, you just keep showing up every day. (laughs) And I- authentically. Yeah, but I, I think it's like yourself. sure it might sound vague, but it's a real thing. I mean, I show. Listen, like when I'm in a bad mood, or I'm going through a fight with my boyfriend, or I break up with him, or I kick him out, or I take him back in, or blah, 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 I fucking share it every day. And sometimes <laughs> it's totally inappropriate, and other times it's probably even hurting my personal life because I overshare. <laughs> but I do feel like like being real that every day I show up to teach. It's not like oh my god, I'm so excited to teach today. It's like, no, I, I, you know what? Guys? I'm a real human. I'm a fucking in a bad mood today. So we're going to do this. Hopefully I'm in a better mood in a couple minutes, but wow, I didn't want to teach today. You know, it's like, that is something that every person can relate to, you know? Yeah, relatability, so I yeah. think that, that being honest, I hate using the word authentic because it's just like, oh yeah, but like, it really is. God, I'm going to hear this. <laughs> authentic, 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 yeah. authenticity. <laughs> authentically you is attractive to anyone you know so it's just owning your owning yourself yeah which I think I think in a lot of ways you can make a a big argument that that is quite courageous yeah I think sometimes it's scary to do that well yeah with social media I mean this is like such a deep issue where it's like everything is not what it seems that you know it seems like everyone is just fucking happy and killing it all the time. And it's like, that's just not how it is at all. You know, so I think when people can, and that's why people like reality TV, right? Because even though it's not even reality, I was like, no, I hate reality. But I mean, that's why people are attracted to that concept is because we're so or like when you're walking down the street at night, and you look inside someone's house, because the lights are on, you can get a kind of their life is like (laughs) reality because you're like let me see like behind the curtain like what is really happening with those humans over there because at the end of the day none of us knows what the fuck we're doing here on this planet like nobody knows how we got here or why we all have theories okay but nobody really knows why we're all on this planet just hurtling through space 
on a if we are in a simulation, like what is nobody knows. So we're so curious to see what other people are doing because we're like, what? I mean, do you have any idea? You know, so it's really attractive to see somebody who's being actually real, not like real. Well, and I think too, you know, we were talking about this before. It's the same thing in in business. It's the same Mm -hmm. thing in entrepreneurship. Like oftentimes you hear people say like, oh, well, we're building the plane while we are flying it, or I don't know what I'm doing. We're Mm -hmm. all just doing our best, fake it till you make it, all that kind of fun stuff. But I mean, Stasia, you've done a beautiful job of building this community, of building building school of thought and building a business that you never even intended on building, but you've done it, you're owning it. Like, that's amazing. So like, as we be mindful of time here, You've done a lot of things to be proud of, but what would you say you are most proud of? Um, what I'm most proud of, I really am. I really am proud of all the women who feel better because of my program. Also, who look yeah. better, of course. For me, fitness bleeds into every aspect of your life. So, yeah, we're focusing on changing what your body feels and looks like. Yeah, but when you do that, suddenly you're like, it's bleeding into every other area in your life. Suddenly you're like, oh, I'm not going to talk to that person anymore because they actually don't treat me with respect. And I actually treat myself with respect now because every day I'm making sure I'm getting my steps and I'm hitting my macros. I'm doing work. Like I'm treating myself with respect. And now these other relationships are not working for me, you know, or like now I actually have the confidence to start my own business or whatever it is. So like to me, fitness isn't even about one of my, this one woman who is my pro bono client lost 75 pounds in seven months. I like, saw that. Yeah. That's amazing. When I first talked to her, I mean, she was at the lowest part of her and I, and I had put this thing out, like I wanted to do a pro bono transformation and I got way more emails than I thought I would get. And the only way they were all heartbreaking, honestly, but I chose the woman whose email made me cry because I was like, okay, this, because if you're not investing in something financially, then you need to be like sort of desperate enough to really show up and take it seriously. Because a lot of times if you're not invested in it financially, you just won't. Yeah. You don't show up. So I chose the email that really like made me cry and touched me the most. And she was at such a low point in her life. Like her boyfriend, I mean, just awful, awful, just cheating and lying. And just, she really was just so sad. And you could just even see in her face, she just looked like just completely defeated. And now, like seven months later, she doesn't look at all like the same person. Like she's glowing. She started dating again. She wants to learn Spanish. She wants to quit her job and travel and work remotely. Like she's a completely different person. And yes, her body looks totally different. She said she hasn't been this weight since middle school because she's been obese her whole life. And so not only is she in a new body, but now she's like in this whole new mindset where like she's yeah. just come alive. She's just her light turned on. And so that's, I guess, what gets me so upset too, when people like the body positivity and people are hating on that. I'm like, you're just focusing on the fact that we're like, we're showing pictures of the body. You're not recognizing the fact that when you do make fitness a priority, it does, it lifts everything else. Changes everything. And to act like that is to, to say that that's not the case or to act like it's just like a toxic thing is just so like invalidating to all the work that someone has to do in order to make that change in their body and to make that change in their lives, you know? So 
I don't know why I went back to that. But, but I think it goes, it, it's control, it's self-control and self-discipline to, yeah, to do that it, work and to, to show real, up yeah. and to make that commitment. And self-discipline is fucking hard. It's hard for most people because if it weren't hard, we'd all be walking around in our idea of our perfect body, right? Like we'd all yeah. be like, oh, in, it's, we'd all be millionaires and we'd all be in perfect bodies. Self-discipline is fucking hard. So it's, I think it's worth being celebrated. So I'm yeah, very proud be. of that. I'm really proud that like uh, I've gotten messages from women saying like, you know, one girl wrote me the most insane note. She was like, in a really bad car accident and the car like flipped over like down oh like that like should have died and she said she had to crawl through like the back went like had to literally pull herself out of like a car that was wrecked badly wrecked and she was like i pulled myself out and i really feel like i was able to do that because of your class because i was able because you know i'm always like wow yes pull yourself out of a bunker you know like I'm yeah always, you know. but she's like i felt mentally strong enough to stay calm in that situation and physically strong enough for me to get out of that situation and for me i was like i mean i have goosebumps just saying that because it was like oh that's what this is about like yeah. Making some, uh, making another woman feel strong is like crack to me. I'm just like, give me more. It makes me feel so good to make someone yeah. else, to make a woman feel strong is to me. I mean, that's really how you do change the world. I think is making as women as strong as possible. And you know, that is what you're doing. Yeah. That was my next question for you is what is the impact that you want to make or the legacy you want to leave? I want to make as many women as possible feel as strong and powerful as possible. And hot and hot and hot has part is part of that. Like feeling hot in your body is like a God-given right as far as I'm concerned, you know? So like I would like for women to just feel more confident and powerful because they got a taste of that in my class or in my program. That to me is like everything. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, love that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I would like to like make people laugh while doing it, you know, like, <laughs> comedy is a big part of my life. So I do want, I do want to have that part of the legacy. Like it, yeah. it, it don't have to be so fucking serious about every, you know, like we don't have to take ourselves so seriously, you know? Deja, what would you say is the greatest insight or discovery you have discovered <laughs> between <laughs> life and entrepreneurship? Well, I mean, it's a little repetitive, but I, I guess really you don't have to like it. You know, you really don't <laughs> have, you don't have every, you don't have to like, like every single aspect about everything all the time. Like it's okay to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's okay to like, not feel like doing something that's okay. You don't have to feel like doing something. You don't have to like doing something, but that doesn't mean you can't do it. You know, I don't want to go through all the like, you know, emails my bookkeeper just sent me of all the payments. I have to go and say exactly what I don't want to do that right now, but I have to do it. You know, you have so to show up. It's showing up. It's like showing up no matter what, even when you don't want to, you know, and that to me is sort of like the key to everything, I think, you know, yeah. because. If you wait around to only do things you like or when you feel like them, you're you're probably going to be cutting, you're selling yourself short, you yeah. know? 
So yeah. I guess just being uncomfortable and showing up even when you don't want to, you know, good life lessons and also relevant to business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Stasia, yeah. thank you so much for sharing your words of wisdom and a bit about your story today. If anybody is interested in school of thought or reaching out to you, what's the best way to do that? My Instagram is at Stacia Patwell, S-T-A-S-I-A-P-A-T-W-E-L-L. And um, in my link tree, there's a link to the thought certification program. You can also go to my website, which which is StaciaPatwell.com. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. All right, Stacia, we'll make sure that that's in the show notes. And thank you so much for your time today. It was yeah. lovely chatting. And thank you for all the work that you're doing. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you for giving me a platform. My pleasure, dear. <laughs> to continue learning how to better build your business and make your vision a reality, subscribe to the Welcome to Eloma email list at welcometoeloma.com. 